gonna do this all day. We're in the end game now. What's up, Weekly Bugle listeners? I am one of your hosts, Tyler. What's up, what's up? I am your other host, Jesse. And today, it's the podcast right before Endgame, so we thought we'd uh, go back in time a little bit and talk about our favorite scenes, moments from this whole Infinity War, uh, Infinity Stone saga. Um, anything you want to add before you jump in, Jess? Uh, just that I think individually our lists are a little bit different. They're still our favorite moments. Mine, I kind of focused on things that were maybe like my favorite big moments in the MCU, but also maybe had like some importance to the MCU overall. It was surprisingly hard to narrow this down. And I know you picked like a lot of like your personal favorite ones. So. Yeah, I went personal favorite uh, things that I thought were really funny for the MCU scenes. Uh, not MCU scenes, but were really funny in general. So that I that's how I kind of went through with my list. And this won't be like a top 10 or anything like that. There's going to be no. no particular order. But we thought we would kind of celebrate and discuss, you know, the MCU as it is. Endgame coming out next week is kind of like the end of, you know, everything we've An known error. for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Exactly. So, yeah, we should, yeah, just talk about it and kind of reminisce. And, yeah, because next week we'll be talking about the big show, man. Yeah, Endgame, you know. The, all in all oh yeah oh man yeah we're gonna have a lot to talk about but um yeah so tyler do you want to oh were you about to say something no i was gonna let's jump right in you oh can start that's exactly what i was saying oh i was gonna let you start but i will go ahead and start so i'm gonna start early in the mcu with one of the moments that had me like super fanboy and that was the post-credit scene of iron man where we see nick fury show up basically saying that he wants to start an Avengers movement. And okay. I almost put that. Did you? Yeah, it's, yeah. That one's always stuck with me. I've been rewatching a lot of the early MCU movies. Um, I think I'm in like phase one. I don't think I'll finish them all before Endgame. But um, yeah, that one still sticks out to me. I can still feel the excitement that I felt from that moment when I first watched it in theaters and saw that. And it's crazy to go back and look at that scene, look at that first movie, and think that, that was number one. and That's what started it all off. Yeah, and they actually did it. I mean, you think about how many universes try to get started and how they always put these little seeds in there. And maybe they, you know, try it and it doesn't go anywhere. But this one really did. And they, I mean, this is the quintessential cinematic universe. And yeah, it's it's amazing to go back and rewatch. Um, yeah, I was almost... I was I literally almost put that one in too, just because it was what kicked it all off without Iron Man and you know everything that that one did you know all uh yeah everything that that one was about I almost put it just because it is the grandfather of all grandfathers for the MCU yeah and it still holds up which is crazy just the whole Iron Man movie in general I'd say a lot of the early movies it's really good and a lot of it wasn't CGI so it makes it even better in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's still great movies. I've even rewatched some of like the um, like I watched the first Thor, and it was actually better than I expected it to be or had remembered. So really, I haven't watched those. I've only watched Ragnarok a couple more times, but I haven't watched uh, the first Thor. I need to watch the Dark World. I don't know if that one will hold up, but Thor one is still 
is still pretty cool to see what they did. I'm never watching Dark World again. <laughs> Incredible Hulk no, no. was actually pretty good, but I guess I could talk. Yeah. We could maybe that could be a whole separate thing. Yeah, I was gonna say Incredible Hulk actually is pretty good. I watched it uh, before again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you started off with something more sentimental. I'm gonna try. To, I'm gonna bring it to a little comedy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Drax. Which scene? When he. Uh, okay, so I actually have two scenes. Oh, you. Okay. Um, one of them from Guardians Two. And the other one from uh, Infinity War. And the first one with Guardians 2, when um, Ego's kind of showing off his planet, and uh, what's his face? Ego's like, oh yeah, it's no bigger than one of your Earth's moons. And he goes, humility, I too am a humble man. I laugh at that scene literally every time. It's still one of my favorite scenes in the whole MCU, and I have no idea why. But the... uh, do you do you find that scene funny too? I, I did find that scene funny. Um, it's tough to pick what would be maybe some of the best Drax lines, even if we're just narrowing it down to Guardians two. Because I thought you yeah. were going to say talk about the one where he asked Ego if he has a penis. Because I thought yes, that was pretty I, I funny. Al- I almost put that one on there too. There's a lot of good Drax moments. What was your? Um, you said you had one from Guardians one. Yeah. So not not Guardians one. Well, that was Guardians two. Infinity War. Oh, Infinity War. When, okay. Um, when they uh, the Guardians meet basically the Avengers and uh, Drax is, uh, has the gun to his head and he tells Star like, do it, Star Lord, I can take it. And like it's so funny because he wouldn't be able to take a blast straight to the face. I think the scene where he's like, What is a Gamora? Or I do better who's a Gamora, whatever it is, yeah. I think that one's a little overplayed. It's a good scene, but I think since everybody likes it, it gets a little bit overplayed now. Yeah, probably. I mean, that scene is still good, like you were mentioning, where he's like, I can take it. I love how literal he is, and I think the inclusion of Mantis is great because she really, I think, puts it over the top for me because, you know, he's laying there the whole time. He's like, I can take it, and then she's, you know, wailing in the back. He can't take it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, like, that's, that's little things that I love about it. Yeah, and I think, for me, I really love the Mantis and Drax combo. I think that's that's yes. what really makes it for me. Drax is hilarious, and I love him in Guardians One and and everything. But yeah, it's it's perfect when when Mantis is around for me. Did you uh, a runner up for Drax would have been uh, when he goes, "Oh, uh, nothing goes over my head. I'll catch it." Yeah, that was that was like his first joke line too, wasn't it? In yes. Guardians One. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> yeah, I need to rewatch that one still. Those, yeah, it's tough to pick because yeah, they're they're so humorous. They're such good movies. All of them are, and it's it's crazy that how good all Guardians Two isn't a huge step down from step uh, from one. So, would you say In Drax is one of your favorite characters? Oh, easily by far one of my favorite characters. That's cool. That's interesting. I don't know many people that like have him that high, but he's like he's like one of those subtle favorites. I think like that I would like, have. I think yeah. I think it could be like it would work without him, but I think he just. He helps bring it to another level. I would definitely agree. I always get excited whenever he's on screen. Yeah. Well, let's see. Do we want um, to go to another point? Yeah, yeah. Go to your point. Your point. Okay, I'll so I guess I'll probably be like the sentimental one, and, <laughs> and you'll probably have like all the fun ones. So um, the next one that I'm that I picked was a uh, Spider-Man joining the MCU, kind of for the uh, almost like the the meta purpose of it all, and you know him coming home, all that. I think. When I think back to phase one, that's one of the most memorable things for me was seeing him in that trailer for Civil War and just thinking like, okay, how did they do this? Like, how did we get uh, Sony to agree to let 
Spider-Man go in. And it's still one of those things that I kind of cling on to because we hear like, oh yeah, the Sony contract ends with Far From Home or something like that. So it's always like, okay, well, are we going to lose Spider-Man? I don't want to lose Spider-Man. And um, he's been so perfect. This is my favorite iteration of all the different, you know, the Tobey Maguire, the Andrew Garfield. Oh, I agree. I think Holland's got the best Spider-Man. And I I love having him in the MCU. I don't want to see him go away. But yeah, that moment always stood out to me, just seeing that. And I, yeah, so many emotions just with that. Uh, do you recall that feeling at all? Did it stand out to you? Um, It did stand out to me because, like, when he flips in and goes, hi, guys, or when it was under ruse, and he flips in. Right, right. That scene is, you know, it's incredible because we have Spider-Man for not even, like, 10 minutes. He has, like, 8 minutes of screen time or something like that, I think. And to see that and him to see him make an impact on the MCU just in this one movie, it's it's crazy. It's, you know, it's Spider-Man. Like, we finally have him back home kind of thing. Yeah, and they could have easily dropped the ball with it, you know, if they hadn't had such a good Spider-Man or maybe his introduction wasn't so good. I mean, they nailed it exactly. with Black Panther, too. I know Black Panther was in there, and that was big, too. <clears throat> I think maybe Black Panther maybe would have been on my list if they hadn't had Spider-Man or... Or maybe something along those lines. But yeah, just the fact that... I mean, it's the same thing going on with this whole X-Men. And, uh, you know, the whole Fox merger where we're getting X-Men and Fantastic Four. I think that's going to be another big moment is when we finally see, you know... I know we had Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, but, you know, a legitimate... You know, we can call them mutants. This is Wolverine on screen. I think that's going to be another big one. And yeah, I think I'll always remember that that whole Spider-Man moment. And I really hope that Sony plays ball and we don't lose Spider-Man in the MCU. I think they're Sony's making out with Spider-Man just because uh, bringing MCU characters to the Sony side to make the movies. So I don't think Spider-Man's going to go anywhere anytime soon. It's just because of how they're making out as well. Yeah, I I would agree with you because, and I think <laughs> in interviews we've heard that they're pretty happy, like Sony and. Marvel are both very happy with like the current situation. So I think it's yeah. working out. I think it's building Spider-Man's hype up as well. You see uh Marvel creating their own or sorry, Sony creating their own like Spider-Man universe basically. So yeah, I'm hoping they stick with it. My fear was always, you know, they're creating like Venom and Morbius and they're going to do all these villains and they'll maybe want like to bring Tom Holland over. In that I would almost I mean- prefer the reverse. It'd be kind of cool to see maybe some of them come to the MCU, but that would be a lot to juggle. So I don't know that, I don't think that that necessarily will happen. Even though I know they were trying to do that with Venom. I think that's a big reason why it was PG 13. So I don't know if, uh, if that'll ever happen, but that would be pretty cool, but maybe they could start um, using like miles or something in Sony as, as their Spider-Man. I I would like that. I would like that. That, That's a great idea. Actually. I never thought about that. Yeah, They could do something along those lines. And to have another Miles, it would be pretty cool, too. Yeah, I think That's there's a, a lot idea, of hype actually. around him. Yeah, as long as they don't... I think it'd be cool to not make it Ultimate, like the Ultimate Universe, I think, is usually what you do with yeah. Miles. Um, I prefer, like, the 616, you know, Peter Parker villains, and then maybe have just Miles thrown in there. I don't think that would bother too many people. And that could No, be it cool. shouldn't. Yeah, I, I think it'd be fun. But um, do you want to go ahead with your next point, Tyler? Yeah, my next one is uh, I'm gonna kick it. I'm gonna stay with Spider Man. It's more of a sentimental scene. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah. So I think it's my it's my only sentimental scene. 
Well, uh, in homecoming, when the the building falls on him, you know, he's sitting there, he's crying, not crying, but he's like, help, help, I'm just a kid. And then, like, he looks in the water and kind of sees, like, half Spider-Man, half him. And I think that's when it hits him, like, shit, I'm Spider-Man. Like, I can do this. And I think that was more more of a growing uh, a growing up scene than anything because it showed him that, you know, he can fight with the big guys, even though it's just one guy, not like Thanos or something. But he can, like, keep up and stuff. So I think that was a big coming-of-age scene for Spider-Man. And it's straight from the comics. Yeah, I think that one hit on all fronts for me, too. I think Tom Holland plays it perfectly, just how panicked he is during that. And, you know, I can almost feel the claustrophobia of it as well. You know, being trapped under all that rubble, not being able to move. Like, it, it, I feel scared in that moment for him, too, even though I know he's Spider-Man. So, yeah, and then seeing him overcome it, you know, I loved, you, you pointed out that reflection in, like, in the water, I think it was, or like a puddle, where he could yeah. see half of his face and, you know, Spider-Man. Half of Spider-Man, yeah. So, I think that was, a, like, that one's probably his second best scene of, in the MCU of acting-wise. First one being when he... Uh, disintegrated right when, uh, but that was a really good scene yeah I would I would probably flip him I would say this one would probably be his best or I think all the other- stuff in Homecoming was just really great even like the subtlety of you know sitting in the car with Michael Keaton when he Michael Keaton like the vulture is figuring out that Spider-Man's in the car with him you know that was the first thing they filmed was it really man yeah <laughs> that's, a, that's a way to kick it off oh uh, but I think the only reason I go Infinity War was the better acting scene, just because that one brought me to tears when he died. Oh yeah, this one, I this one, I for felt the panic of him, but I didn't like shit. He's dying, like he's struggling, like and, like tear up. The other one, like I legit like t- teared up hard. That's a good point because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people did the same thing. I would, I didn't just because I think I was so like in a haze just with everything that was going on i was like oh my gosh like people are dying like what's going on like, i almost didn't like process it yet i was like oh man spider-man's next and yeah like i think otherwise if i had been more honed in i probably would have teared up quite a bit because i know that's like the biggest moment to a lot of people and that's like it's yeah. constantly referenced so to your point yeah i would say that that could be his my favorite is still the the one where he's under the rubble just because I feel like that was maybe more difficult to to pull off. I think the Infinity War one was just very earned. Like, you know how much Tony cares for Peter and how, you know, they they built up that relationship quite a bit. So, well, I think the one in Infinity War, I know I'm going back and forth, we want to do it again, but I think that one is just, it's a little bit better because it is improvised. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I love the whole improvisation part of it. Yeah, I could see that too. And yeah, we don't have to keep going back and forth. We'll just let yeah, it lie. Yeah. And um but yeah, that that is a great moment. Um yeah, either of those. I know we talked a lot about the Infinity War moment as well, but yeah, I would say maybe we could pile both of those in there. Yeah, yeah you want to uh what's what's the next one? Uh, so the next one I have is um let's see. I'm going to say Asgard gets destroyed. For me that was a pretty Okay, in Ragnarok. Yeah, in Ragnarok. Because I was surprised that they had the balls to do it. And they kind of... I think a lot of times during these movies, or maybe movies in general, you you know, there's always like this threat at the end, or you know, oh, somebody's going to die, or oh, no, they're going to like like nuke the, you know, 
New York City or something, you know, any any movies they do that. And I think it felt like that with Asgard. They were like, oh, Asgard's going to get destroyed. And I know I was sitting in the theater thinking like, okay, well, somehow they're going to prevent Ragnarok, even though it's, you know, been foretold for centuries that it's going to happen. And then to see like they actually did that. And I really liked the um, the thought behind it where, you know, Asgard isn't a place, it's a people. And it, I don't know, it was just it just really flipped my mindset on a lot of things and I was really surprised that they did destroy Asgard just because in the first movie, you know, it was this huge spectacle. You know, they they have a lot of big shots and sweeping cameras just around Asgard to show you how beautiful, how perfect it is. It's like like heaven, basically, even though I know that's kind of like Valhalla. But um, yeah, yeah, it was this big, perfect place. And to see them destroy it was really surprising to me. And it's kind of it's going to carry over and it's going to change a lot, I think, throughout the rest of the MCU because it'll be interesting to see where all of Asgard goes from here all the Asgardian people or what's left of them where they go it's funny you it's funny you mentioned that because I never thought about that like being a big scene or anything it's just part of the movie in my head but now that you mention it it like it sets you up for Infinity War because basically Thor lost he lost Asgard I mean he won because he saved his people but he also lost because he lost his home so it sets you up with like a lower Infinity War where Infinity War they lose, Thor loses kind of in that movie and it kind of gives you like like hey this is what's to come. Yeah, it's yeah, it really does set you up nicely. It is crazy to think just how much Thor has lost. I mean, he's pretty much lost everything. Yeah. I mean, there's not much that he still has. And the only thing he's really gained is his eye back or another eye. And, and a sweet a ass hammer or axe. He has a sweet ass axe. So he's a sweet axe. And so yeah, there's not much for Thor. It sets him up. I think I've I've heard a lot of people talking about Chris Hemsworth act Chris Hemsworth's acting. And I think it is quite underrated. Just when you look yes. at it, because there are he does carry a lot of great moments that I think maybe go unnoticed because he really can jump back and forth between comedy and, and sadness. And I think seriousness. Yeah. He's like the, you know, this big, very strong Avenger, you know, one of the strongest, even the Hulk is probably the strongest. And yeah, he still has all this vulnerability, but you know, still like confidence and motivation. And yeah, Chris Hemsworth is able to embody all of that. And we're right there with him. And he has lost so much. I, I like when they point out, these things like star lord has lost quite a few things and sometimes i do need to be reminded like oh yeah peter lost his his mom and his dad and you know whoever else and yeah thor's lost like basically his whole family so yeah <laughs> it's just yes yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah thor may have lost the most now that i'm thinking about it maybe yeah. just throughout like his whole arc throughout like all the movies but yeah, yeah. No, you're actually you're one hundred percent right. Thor has definitely lost the most with uh, you know, his family, his brother, his mom. He had to kill his sister. Uh well, I don't did he even have a mom? Uh yeah, he uh, did. His, yeah, she was in Thor. His home one. planet. Mm -hmm. His home planet, you know, his best friend in Heimdall. Thor's definitely lost the Yeah. And I <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, I think that's maybe why I like that he had the big moment in Infinity War, you know, coming into Wakanda and saving the day or, or you know, a good portion of it. Yeah, he almost, you know, he he didn't close the deal, but 
yeah, very close. But yeah, just uh, I know my point was Asgard being destroyed, and I think that that is a big one for me because it still leaves a lot of maybe just because there's a lot of unanswered questions because we really haven't seen what's going on with the rest of the Asgardians since Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. We haven't seen what's going on. But um, yeah, if you want to go on to your next point, I know I was talking about Thor and Asgard. Um, I, I was wrong. I actually have more than one Siddle Middle scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Civil War, when... uh, And by the way, I'm not picking mine in any kind of particular order. Are you going in any kind uh, of order? Just kind of how I wrote them. They're not in, in like a best to worst or vice versa or anything like that. Yeah, same here. Um, So... In Civil War, when Tony finds out that Bucky killed his his mom or his parents, and he looks at Cap and he just said, "Did oh, you Tony, know?" Oh, Tony, you mean? I, yeah. yeah, Tony. Did I, say I think you said did Bucky. I say somebody else. Oh, okay. Yeah, when Bucky finds out, when Tony finds out that Bucky killed his yeah, parents, yeah. that scene. I love that scene because it's just it's like he when he said, "Did you know?" Like I can feel the uh, the hurt in his voice. Yeah, I actually wrote this down too because I think this was a very big moment for me. And yeah, it still hits me. And basically, we find out a lot that Cap isn't as perfect as, you know, everyone holds him up on like this high pedestal because he was kind of holding this back from Tony when maybe he could have told him. But yeah, he holds, Cap holds Bucky in such high regard as well. And he's doing anything he can to really keep Bucky alive. And I think the argument here, it's still tough to choose sides because you know Bucky was brainwashed the whole time, so it necessarily wasn't wasn't him. Wasn't yeah, him. He, it wasn't something he was, you know, intentionally wanting to do um, of his own free will. So, yeah, it's really tough because you know, sitting there, like, okay, Tony, you know, it, it wasn't like that. You know, don't let Zemo win. You know, by you know ripping everyone apart. But you also get it. I think a lot of the maybe the torment is because. Tony feels so betrayed by Cap, especially because Cap is yeah. definitely focusing, you know, he's choosing the side of Bucky a lot throughout this whole thing. So it's it's a very emotional scene, and yeah, definitely one that has big ramifications to pretty much through all the movies, because we still, even after Infinity War, haven't seen Tony and Cap even talk. Just that Tony was... Yeah, gonna... he doesn't call... He had the opportunity to call him in Infinity War. And well, I think doesn't. he was interrupted. I think he was going to... Because I think Bruce Banner, uh, I think he sold him on it. But yeah, then they got interrupted because like Ebony Ma and um, Call of City and showed up. I don't think he would have called, even if he had the opportunity. I, I think he might have. I mean, there's definitely still some trust there. I mean, Cap gave him the phone and, you know, I think I think they still have some respect for each other. I don't know what the correct words yeah, are. Yeah, no, there's definitely mutual respect, but... I, I don't I don't think he would have called either way. I think he would have tried to handle it himself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Tony Tony is definitely cocky enough that he would think that he could just handle it himself anyway. But um yeah, I think the whole split that we see in Civil War is really the main reason why Infinity War is successful for Thanos. Just because I think Cap and Tony really are the essential members that can really you know pull everyone together and you know cap can strategize and tony can you know make modifications and he can be like the tech guy and and all of that so i think them together uh yeah it's them together is how they will probably end up winning in endgame i would think 
just because we're kind of we're being built up to that i would say but um yeah them being split apart definitely leaves them incredibly vulnerable for thanos which i think is an, an obvious observation i think it's been said I, before but i watched this video of uh and it was basically like why uh toady uh it was kind of like thanos fears toady out of everybody mm-hmm. because he uh he had the opportunity to kill anybody, but instead he always just like disarmed them. He didn't kill anybody, but Tony was the only one he tried to kill. And then also, Tony was the only one that he uh, that he knew the name to. Everybody else, he uh, he never referred to anybody else by name. It was just he didn't even say anything about them. So it was uh, like he fears Tony out of everybody yeah. kind of thing. And it was like a cool cool idea, and it also showed that. Uh, the reason why he fears Tony is because Tony is a futurist like him. And each time Tony went into war, like small things where Tony like upgraded his suit because he learned something, right? In Iron Man 1, when he flew too high, he changed some of his armor because he froze. And then so he didn't freeze again. And like that's just a small example of not, you know, always having his armor around him and stuff and making modifications as he needed to make himself stronger and better each time yeah that absolutely is a good point and yeah a couple of your of the things you said there um so first there's some really great videos for people that are interested on on youtube i think is where i've seen them where you can people have broken down basically all the modifications tony has made to his suit based on his failures in previous movies i know you mentioned a couple so i won't i won't go into that but yeah there's quite a bit and things that you definitely overlook so there's there's some really cool uh, ideas there, and it, I love the attention that's that's being paid to all of Tony's modifications, just little things like that. And yeah, and yeah, like I think notice. a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, I won't, I won't get too deep into it. But also, I like your point about how Thanos does focus on Tony quite a bit, and maybe is the most threat. Tony's the only one that could make him, you know, that got him to bleed. So that that is a big point and yeah even thanos says like oh i hope they remember you or something along those lines so i think the soul stone may have been that's my theory as to how he knew stark's name but i think there definitely is a respect there from thanos like you said so uh before we move on to the next one i just want to say one more thing now this is kind of like a not a spoiler but it's more of a theory uh tony's gonna wield the infinity gauntlet this next movie because in a bunch of the previous movies, Tony says, oh, man, like, my left arm's Oh, hurting, yeah. Right? And and he says that, and they said, because, like, it takes so much power that, like, his older self's that feeling. That would be pretty crazy. I've seen that theory before, and I it's it's really cool. And I, because, yeah, you're right. There are, I think in Civil War, he says something about his left arm being numb and I think in Civil War, a lot of the time you see him touch yeah. his like left arm, and I think in Homecoming he does it also. But um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of moments you could pull back to, and if they are hinting at that, that's awesome. And we know Marvel does, you know, they they plan pretty far out ahead, and they can put little hints like that throughout to where we go back and we're like, oh wow. So it could be something like that. I mean, it. Yeah, I don't know what to think. That would be really awesome to see. I just don't know how that would work, like how uh, old Tony can feel that ripple effect or, you know, if the gauntlet would feel that way. But yeah, that would be I, a really cool theory. Either. And if it ends up being true, that that would be 
a really cool tie. Even but yeah, we'll we'll have to see on that one. I, I do like that theory because it is quite the coincidence that he's always, you know, talking or messing with his left arm. So I don't think there's an injury arm. that I've seen that can really draw back to that. I mean, I'm I'm sure you could talk about like the shrapnel no, that went I, into his chest, I but I think either. he's got all of that removed by now, and it would probably affect other parts of his yeah, body, not, not just his arm. So yeah, I don't know of one that would be that. So that that is a really neat theory. Uh, let's see. No, yeah, no, because that, that is a little bit scary also. <laughs> um, he should be beyond that. Is it my turn? Okay. Oh, uh, it's your turn. So I got yeah. one yeah. that makes me a little bit sad every time is when Cap crashes Uh-oh. his plane in the first Avenger. You know, the end when he's like on the phone with Peggy and yeah, he's about to crash into yeah. the ice. That scene gets me every time. Every time I'm always super sad. I have to like hide my face and everything because I just feel so bad. Like they've built up Peggy and all this. That's this is why in Endgame, I'm really hoping somehow Cap gets to go back and dance with Peggy because I, I feel like I don't know. I feel so dumb saying this that all I want is for Cap to dance with Peggy. It's so weird, but <laughs> I get so sad. It's like, oh, he's setting up a date. <laughs> And he knows he's not going to make it. And then, you know, at the end of the end credit scene of First Avenger, when, or I don't even know if it's a post credit, I can't remember, but when he wakes up in New York and, you know, it's been like what, I can't remember. It's been a lot of years. They say 70? That couldn't have been 70. Yeah. It may, it may be something like that. Something but, um, crazy. Yeah, probably was 70. But yeah, he wakes up and, you know, the first thing he says is like, oh, I had a date. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so heartbreaking yeah. because I want them to be together so bad. So I don't know if I, if I sound really like dumb and emotional, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah, Late. whatever adjective you want to throw in there. But it is what it is. I want Cap to dance with <laughs> Peggy, and that scene wrecks me every time. Do you feel emotional during that, or is it just me? Okay, well, I, I think it's just you. I don't feel emotional during that scene. Um, I do. I think it's sadder when he says, like, I missed yeah. my date or something, or I had a date or something like that. When he's talking to Fury after he wakes up, I think that one's sadder. But that one is together. Me, like, all it hits sad. me. It hits me pretty hard. I feel for yeah. him. But since you can't agree, and <laughs> I am, you know, well, let's move on. <laughs> What's the next one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not bring attention to it. <laughs> Um, so I'll stick with Captain America. The first thing they filmed in Winter Soldier was the elevator fight scene. Uh, I love this scene because I think this is when it started taking Marvel to the next level because not only can we do all the CGI stuff, but look, we can actually make a great hand-to-hand combat scene. That scene with Cap where he's in the elevator oh, yeah. like eight or nine dudes. It's still my favorite fight that scene. That fight in the scene entire is phenomenal. And yeah, I think it's one of the most memorable ones, you know, across from you know, talking to people, maybe listening to other podcasts. I think everyone brings up the elevator fight scene because it is that good. Such a, I haven't really seen much like that. I know there were like the hallway fights and in, in Daredevil and places like that. The elevator is a very yeah. confined space, and you know, Cap has that shield that takes up quite a bit. I don't even think he really uses the shield. Yeah, he yeah, that's right. it. Yeah, they so, take it. Yeah, it's a really well done fight scene. It's really unique. And I think Winter Soldier, that movie in general, really ups, you know, just how, uh, I guess a badass is, is a 
good word, but maybe the effectiveness of Cap. Because even from the get-go, that ship, that scene where he parachutes or jumps onto the ship and, you know, just taking people out. In the first Avenger, yeah. we see him fighting, but he's not like, a you know, a master, like, martial artist. You know, he's just kind of throwing things at his shield. He's kind of running at people. He's just kind of brute forcing his way through. Where we can see him, his combat is much more refined. And, yeah, this... This elevator fight scene is definitely one of the best. I think some of my favorite fight scenes are in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, just in general. Yeah, it and definitely probably, has a lot I'll of those probably do my next fight point scenes. because it goes along with this one. Not right now, but you know, once we move on to the next point. But um, yeah, the elevator fight yeah. scene is the best, and we get a little bit of crossbones. No. Yeah, and you mentioned that uh, how great the other one is, the uh, with Daredevil stuff. But I just think this was the best in the MCU. I know Daredevil and all that was supposed to be in the MCU. Oh yeah, I wasn't really. Not I wasn't saying MCU, like one was better than sense. the other. I was just saying that I was. I can't think of no, 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 other fight scenes that are in a confined space that's less than or equal to that elevator. The hallway was the best I could think of, but you still yeah. have a lot of space in the hallway. You know, to to go down where you're just in this little square up in the air. Yeah, the only the only other one that I could think that can like come close is the knife scene in the same. Movie oh yeah, the yeah, knife but that's that still like does. in an open area. I was just saying like the uniqueness of the elevator. I, I yeah. think they do that later. I, I, they do do elevator fight scenes, but this and one then, is very. I don't know. It's just very well done. I like being able to see out the windows the whole time because you can tell just how high they are. And then on top of that, remember he has half an arm. Yeah, one arm, like it shows off how effective Cap is. Yeah, because you're right. He is one arm is locked up for almost the whole time. Yeah, just seeing him take yeah. on like I mean these are like some badass military dudes too. Like they're not you know just some guys that were sent there. These were you know I guess Shield slash Hydra. The best the military yeah. probably our best was Shield. Yeah, the, these are some some pretty intense dudes. But yeah, that fight scene is definitely one of the best and. Yeah, I think one day we'll have to talk about the best fight scene in the MCU. And, well, we don't know that for well, sure. The, but, well, well, I we'll have to look. We, yeah, we we'll have to see what Endgame brings to. But this, I think Captain America the Winter Soldier is still one of my favorite, favorite Marvel movies. You know, it's funny because I have a list of Marvel movies, and I always go back and forth with the list of between Which is this crazy movie because Infinity, Infinity War. War should take the cake. I mean, the, the Russos did both movies. If if anyone didn't know, uh, Russos yeah. did the yeah they did both of them. But yeah, and Civil War. So Civil they just War. do such a phenomenal job with all of these. And I think I saw in, in an interview that they said you know growing up, Cap wasn't even one of their favorite heroes to do. So I don't think they were like chopping at the bit to do a Captain America movie. Uh, I think one of them said, I think it was probably Joe, said that he saw Captain America as kind of a square. So, which makes sense. So they said <laughs> that they were able to, you know, kind of meet in the middle and figure out what makes Cap tick. And yeah, phenomenal movie. But um, I'll just go ahead and jump into my next point while we're talking about Winter Soldier. Because my favorite yeah. fight is actually the uh, Cap and Bucky fight where he's like flipping the knife. I just, um, well, first off, that knife really? flip is so... It's so awesome. I don't know. It's it's so cool. It's just like this little thing, but it's it it is. It's so cool. It's and I know. Subtle, I, th I think Sebastian amazing. Stan said that he would like practice that, just like 
Yeah, just all with a fake mm-hmm. rubber knife. Yeah, just and walking that, around. It's so cool. But I think the fight scene itself is really well done. You can both see they're both almost kind of like super soldier because I think Bucky has a little bit of super soldier. He's he's enhanced in some ability, I believe. Not not to the extent of Cap, but yeah, I agree. I think so. yeah, they're both very very strong going head to head. But then I like the emotional aspect as well that you know these guys are best friends. They don't know it. I mean, Cap will find out later, and Bucky can't really acknowledge it. But yeah, I just love the whole all around. There's like a good emotional and story reason to it, and then there's also just a really well done fight scene as well. Just seeing both of them go head to head. Somebody that I think can keep up with Cap because I don't think Cap has had many fights where somebody can challenge him like uh like Bucky can. No, I I think you're right. I don't think many people, if any, have been able to challenge yeah. him. But I mean, he was able to take on all those tough ass dudes in the elevator by himself. But you know, it just kind of goes to show just the level that Cap is on. But um, that's quite a bit of Winter Soldier talk. Do you want to go on to your next point? Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm gonna keep with fight scenes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Black Panther fight scene. Uh, in the casino, not the final one. I like the one in the casino a lot because you see it like the way the cameras are working. When you find follow uh, Daniel Gutierrez when she jumps off the stage with the, her spear attacking that guy, and uh, just everything about that scene are the blast that uh, T'Challa takes Claw. from uh, Claw? what's mm-hmm. his face Scar, not Scar Claw, yeah, <laughs> Scar's from Lion King, and. Uh, <laughs> And so, but everything about that, like, I just love that fight scene. And the music is perfect for it. I think it's just one of the better underrated fight scenes. That, I think, would be, I think that is one of the higher, I always get excited during that scene. So I'm right there with you because I think the music, I think that's my favorite song from the soundtrack. Yes. Is that, um, and yeah, it really vibes very well with that whole atmosphere. And I believe the shot, it was like a one shot take during the fight scene. I know there are cuts. Yeah. I know uh, in in the kitchen, but um, yeah, during the fight because we're yeah, it's a tracking shot, so we're following all of them, which which you listed. I think that yeah, one of the coolest bits is when Claw blasts Black Panther because you get to see it from like Claw's point of view. I don't know. There's just like this big recoil effect in watching Black Panther like fly away. I don't know. There's just something really cool about it, and then Claw, you know, making it rain with dollar bills and <laughs> stuff. It's yeah, I don't know. It's just a it is a really cool fight. I'm trying to think if maybe it's it's my favorite. I think that that is. I, I'd have to say that's my favorite one. Also, there there are a lot of good scenes in Black Panther. I think some of the waterfall scenes are maybe more tense to me, just because it, it seems so. I don't know if the word is like gritty, but I they they all seem so vulnerable. He does. Yeah, that's uh, nice. Shaw doesn't have his Black Panther powers. And you know, every, you know, like taking like cuts. Everything is very. You can feel every injury, so it, it's pretty scary. So maybe those ones pack a more of a like emotional impact. But I think this casino fight is more fun to me, and I think I really like how well done it is. So I agree with you there, Tyler. Yeah, I um, yeah, I think that I think that's my second favorite fight in the entire MCU. And oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move on. Uh, let's see. So I'm going to take us away from fights for a second, and I'm going to say 
One of my favorite moments is Stanley as the Watcher. I think was one of the coolest. Oh, when he was talking to, to him. Me. Yeah, 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 and it kind of established him as a Watcher himself because I think it almost ties in not only his appearances in all the MCU, but you could also apply it to all of his appearances in all the other Marvel movies. It's just you know this guy in the Watcher going to like different universes and just checking things out and scoping it out. Um, I think that's one of my favorite things. And when I think of Stanley's cameos, that's, I know we did a, a video talking about our favorites and honestly, I can't remember which one I picked. I think it may have been him as the watcher, but, um, yeah, I don't remember either. Actually. It, it just ties it all together for me. Like it's not, it's almost not like cameos anymore. It's more like, like that's his character. Yeah. So so for me, that one really stands out, and it, it makes a lot of sense continuity-wise, because I'm kind of a continuity nerd. So I don't know. It was just, it's just a really fun scene. Uh, I can't remember which one. I can't remember which one either of us I liked. Tyler, I know but... I liked with, uh, with him. I liked Tony Stank, and I mm-hmm. also liked uh, – he said something that was like really like, like a quote quote where it's like, man, like it kind of stuck with me kind of thing. I don't remember. Yeah, which one, I don't, I don't know. remember what he said though. I don't either. Need to go back to our list and figure it out. But um, uh, yeah, man, I got real sentimental. It's like that's that's Stan Lee. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I should say that for last. Well, I don't know because we probably have some fun ones. We don't need to. Uh, yeah, Stan Lee. Man, I'll bring but... us back to fun. Uh, I like oh. Ant Man one and two. Louis story time. Those. Oh, how did I forget that? Yeah, <laughs> and he's he talks so fast. I love. I love that he does that. Like, and I love that they make him uh, everybody talking his voice as well. Just everything about those like specific seeds, I love. Yeah, those are hilarious. Those definitely some of the best. Th- those those are definitely some of the funniest moments for <laughs> me. It, it, it not even just in Ant Man alone. Oh, those are so good. I wish they did more of them. Like you could even do like one shots or just little small bits where. Yes. You know, just just him storytelling or, you know, recapping things that happened that we've seen in the MCU would just be awesome. And, you know, in, yeah. in Ant-Man 2, I thought we weren't going to get it because it didn't go until the very end. I was like, damn, they're not going to do it. And, like, it was so good in one. Yeah, one was perfect. I almost wonder if – I don't know if they expected it to take off the way that it did. But, yeah, I was glad. I think they, they've got to do it in every Ant-Man movie. Yes from here on out next, you know however many we end up getting next, i hope we get a third the next one they should do it again but they should uh like do it like smaller ones instead of like one long story time they should do like a little bit smaller stories because like i feel like quantity over like quality is always good but the quantity i, I just want more of them yeah yeah i'm sure it's tough to balance i want more too but i don't want it to get overdone yeah. either so yeah it's that's a tough that's a tough thing to balance out but yeah, I, Luis in general is, is really good. Michael Pena does a great job there. And yeah, uh, I don't have much to say about it, just that it's it, that's it's a phenomenal scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I don't I haven't met anyone that doesn't like those. Yeah, you know, I actually haven't either. Everybody, everybody, up, everybody likes it. Yeah, I, I think it is a favorite, so they should definitely do more. Um, do you want to go on to another? Point? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, is it me? So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick an obvious one, just because I honestly thought it would have come up by now. But um, for me, memorable moments is just the snap in general. I think it just needs to be 
mention just yeah, because it's really shifted. We talked about how, you know, Civil War, Cap and Tony splitting up has really, you know, altered the MCU and how we know it. I think the snap has really set up a lot of that. I think a lot of people expected the Avengers to win after Infinity I did. War. I did too. And then seeing, or, you know, for it to at least end on a happy note and... Very rarely do we watch a movie where the villain wins. And, you know, that's just the movie. It just ends like that. So I I love that they did that. I love that they turned everything on its head. And we've had to just kind of sit and stew in it for a, year. for a year, waiting for Avengers to come back. So when we do watch Endgame, all of us have this, you know, built up, um, maybe like revenge or hatred for or, or whatever it is yeah yeah we're all right there with the avengers when this happens and i think that's what's really making endgame such a huge movie i mean it's a huge movie by itself but infinity war just just lays it up so perfectly because yeah that's the best way i can put it we're right there with the avengers waiting for them to to avenge everything i think avengers will end on on a happier note i think the theme will be way different so but we'll have to see how exactly that plays out, which, man, it's crazy to think next week, next podcast we do, we'll be talking about it. Future Us has already seen okay, Endgame. Yep. yep, and we're like raving about it and all of that. Hopefully. I'm, I'm the, the chances of it being a bad movie, I think, are like slim to none. I can't imagine. What if it does, but, um, though? What if it's like Justice League all over again? Oh, that would be depressing. I think we would have heard, there have been a couple of like pre-screenings. And I don't think anyone said anything bad about no, it. No, no. Some people like I, I know I read that the like the CEOs are big wigs of Disney. I've already saw like the first forty five minutes and yeah. are already crowning it like one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. I mean I Disney people would be kind of biased. But I, yeah, I think I think there are other press that have seen it. But I I wanna say that I heard that maybe people are only seeing snippets, like you said, like maybe the first forty five minutes yeah. or you know, people are being shown little little bits here though, so they can't just spoil it. So, yeah, it's um, I'm I'm glad that they're doing it that way because usually press get to see the full movie. Yeah. So I, I love how under wraps everything is for this movie because I mean we talked about it in plenty of other podcasts. We've like analyzed what could be at the most the the first hour of the movie. You know, even if these trailers are real. So to go in thinking that there's like a whole two hours that we have no idea what's going to happen. I know for you know the like the arguably like the biggest movie ever uh, you know yeah it's is crazy to think about because captain marvel we kind of knew a good bit of what was going to happen in that movie just from the trailers but yeah avengers i don't know shit i don't but yeah the snap big moment for me um, and i i'm glad that i don't know much about what's going to happen in, in game me too me too because, yeah, nothing is really leaked about it aside from toys. You remember last year with Avengers, we saw there were, like, scenes that were being leaked. You remember with, like, uh, the Guardians approaching Thanos? Yeah, I remember that. Before he does, like, the reality gem. So, yeah, we were getting scenes where really nothing is has leaked, which is which is crazy to think about. I mean, how difficult that must be. Game of Thrones even films, you know, fake scenes, and they film which I'm sure Endgame country. does as well. Yeah, exactly, and, and stuff still and stuff still comes out. Yeah. Um, it's insane. Let's jump back on. Uh, this is actually my last scene that I have. Okay. Uh, 
So I don't know if you have any more scenes after this. I have one more. Okay, cool. Um, Doctor Strange, when uh, when the ancient one said, "Open your mind," she like puts her thumb to his head, and he like flies out of his body. I love that scene. Uh, do you like it just for like the? Um... I think it's more visually stimming for me. Yeah, visually stimulating. Yeah, is that what I, that, that's not what I said. I said stimming. <laughs> yeah it was okay i was just clarifying uh i love that because it opens our world to you know what dr strange is going to be like that's just a like or not what he is going to be but what he can be because that's just like a small power of the ancient one and he becomes a sorcerer supreme then you know what could he do with that kind of power absolutely and i was very close to putting this on my list and it is it is really cool, and I feel like this might be one that we refer back to later, you know, that maybe has some sort of Easter eggs in it. Yeah. Just because we see Doctor Strange flying just through all these different dimensions, so it'd be interesting to see if maybe they pull another one of these dimensions and is maybe in, like, a sequel or, you know, is talked about somewhere else down the line. Yeah. Okay, I never because thought about that. Yeah, that's because I know we got to see Dormammu, and, and I'm I'm blanking on maybe some other places that we see. There may even have been like a quantum realmy looking one. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's yeah. I think it opens the door to all these different universes that you could really have fun with, because there's there's a lot of untouched, un like, I guess universes that you could say that. Marvel hasn't gone to yet, um, and I want to say that for Doctor Strange in the sequel, they might be looking at more of like a Illuminati, more of like yeah, like a like a horror feel type of thing. And we still haven't seen Mephisto's realm. I don't think Mephisto's realm will show up in the sequel, but this one that you know, there's there's plenty of locations they can still go, and Doctor Strange would be the guy. He can basically go anywhere, I would think. Yeah, and we could see more Dormammu. But yeah, I, I think there's there could very easily be some some Easter eggs or some callbacks from this scene, and it's one of my favorites too. And for me, it was also I'm sorry I'm talking a lot. I'll no, 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 go ahead, you're good. But um, for for me, I know Doctor Strange is always like in the comic books is very trippy. You know, there's a lot of you know it's very colorful and like you said, visually stimulating. And I think that can be very tough to pull off. I remember before Doctor Strange came out. That was the one thing that I was nervous about was how they're going to, you know, show off these different universes that can really be, I guess, trippy is the word. They're very creative and they're very unique. So to come up with something like that and they gave us, you know, a bunch. So they, they really nailed it. And for me, this was a moment that I was like, OK, yeah, they they've got it. They they can do this with Doctor Strange. It's funny because I've never smoked weed and I've never been high. Mm -hmm. But Doctor Strange would be the movie that you want to go see when you're high. Like, you know, you have all those friends who, like, get high and they go see movies and, like, that's the best thing ever. Like, yeah. that movie would be the one movie you'd want to get high and go see. Just because... I imagine so. Yeah, I feel like I'm living vicariously through Doctor Strange. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that, maybe that's what it's like. I don't know. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, you know, like you said, I think, actually, the uh, Infinity Stones are somewhere in it. Or you see that... Uh, what's... You remember what planet the Soul Stone was on? Soul Stone was on Vormir. Vormir, you can actually see it in that movie. Oh, can you? Yeah, I didn't catch that. Um, I read it, and then when I went back and watched, I've seen Doctor Strange like six times. So when I went back and watched it, like I actually saw uh, Vormir. It's in the background, like on the far right corner. I want to say. 
I'll have to go watch that again. That's really cool. But it's it's by far, I think, one of the best uh, best scenes, best you know, all around like CGI things that they have ever made. And I know I've been one to like bash uh, Marvel with like shitty CGI. I know right. I constantly do it. Like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you agreeing with me? Yeah, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, like when they uh, like a Civil War Iron Man suit, you can see the head clearly floating on the body. Like it bothers me. So for that just to look so amazing, I love it. It just I can't get enough of watching like great CGI. That must have taken them a while to to really get all that CGI done just for that one scene because there's a lot of you know complex CGI that went into Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, he's he's warping things a lot throughout the whole movie. But that scene by itself must have I can that must have taken them a long time to really nail down because it's a pretty long scene. You get you know comparatively speaking, you get you know a few minutes of him flying through, through then, all these places, and then he comes back, and then she sends him back out. Yeah, exactly. So it's there's a lot there. So yeah, much respect, and like you said, it was really well done. But um, you want to go on to my last point? Yeah, yeah. Let's hit your last. So my last one is when Scarlet Witch shows visions to the Avengers. Not Vision the character, but you know when she does like a yeah. crazy finger thing and it makes them see stuff. Um, I think this is one of the coolest moments to me. We haven't really seen Scarlet Witch do this at all after this, but um, I think the the visions that they're seeing in general are very interesting because a lot of them have pretty much happened. I know Thor for sure his, you know, Heimdall is almost saying like, oh, you could have saved us or something. Doesn't he say something along yeah, those lines? Yeah, like you were, It almost you were alludes gone. to Heimdall. Yeah, exactly. And it sounds a lot like what happened in Ragnarok and we know Heimdall is dead. So it watching that scene again, uh, it feels a lot more impactful knowing everything that we know now. And I mean, that one in general sets Thor, I think, on his path to find the Infinity Stones. I think there was a lot going on. So it these visions aren't just hallucinations or like they they motivate these characters a lot. We see um Black Widow's past, you know, her going through the training. So I'm sure that'll be alluded to in in her movie coming up next year. Um basically my point is is that all of these different visions that they're seeing are still playing out even, you know, it's kind of like playing the long game with this. Who knows if we'll see Tony's vision in Avengers. Well, I think we already did with everybody being dead. I think there might be more to it. I mean, he saw the original Avengers down and out. So I wonder if maybe we'll see <clears throat> something along those lines in in Endgame. I don't know exactly, but it could still show up. Um Cap saw saw Peggy, so yeah. I'm still holding on to that because we know how I feel about that. So it, it's the visions I think are more uh, meaningful. I think, yeah, they're more meaningful than I think we give them credit to. They are really cool because you get to see some insight into your characters, their fears and you know, what's important to them. But also I think they will carry on. I don't know that they're necessarily like premonitions. I, I, I still don't know what exactly they are, but the Thor one is kind of come true. Black widows was from her past. So you know that's that's a legit one, but yeah, I'm interested a lot in Cap and Tony's, and I wonder if those will play out in Endgame. 
because that would be another really cool callback as well to go watch Age of Ultron and yeah. kind of see what would happen potentially in Endgame or how to resolve it. But I think these are a lot of driving forces in that. And um, before I go on like a whole nother rant, did you have anything to add, Tyler? No, I think you're like, that's, it's a great idea. Like I never thought of it like that where it, you know, as you're ta- saying, I never thought of the, uh, how that kind of led up to the second part of the MCU with Thor having to go back. And, uh, you know, basically, like you said, we've seen everything. I think you said not Tony's, but I think we've seen all of them, but cap. So I think that's kind of like a good, not a goodbye to cap. And that's a good way of them killing, not killing off, but like sending Captain America off. Yeah. At the very least, we get to see a lot of what, what drives these characters. Because I, I still feel like Cap hasn't necessarily, you know, come back from the 1940s. I think a lot of him still feels more at home there. So I'm sure internally he does miss that moment. I'm sure he wishes he could still go see Peggy back in the day and all of that. So um, I think. Yeah, I think Cap is still very much a man out of time. And yeah, it's Tony, I think, still... the Tony's arc is still one of the coolest, just from like the whole wormhole in Avengers, you know, where he's fighting the Chitauri and he throws that nuke up there. You know, he's nervous about aliens coming back down. And, you know, this vision is basically those two things tied in, the vision and the aliens, which leads him into Ultron and, you know, where he's come since then yeah i think it's just um i think these things still stick with them so this is one of my favorite moments kind of why i saved it from last for last a little bit yeah just because i wonder if maybe we'll see that still played into endgame a little bit i don't know but um yeah it, it definitely would be really cool to see but i guess that's that's all i have to say on that for now and i think we will i honestly think their uh cap's gonna go back in time and kind of go back to his dance with peggy yeah, I think he'll at least, I don't know if it'll be like a time travel thing to where he'll stay in the 40s, although that would be really cool. I think at the very least he'll, you know, get to maybe do like some, you know, the whole barf technology thing. Yeah. Maybe he'll be able to see Hay, uh, Haley Atwell's the actress, uh, Peggy Carter, maybe he'll see her there. And yeah, I, I think I think we'll see them together at some point, whether it's, you know, for the duration of the MCU from here on out, or if it's just kind of a cameo. Yeah. I, I think I read somewhere that she's actually in, in game. Like I would be surprised if she wasn't, it seems like they're bringing back a, probably the vast majority of people. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. This is definitely, you know, the, the bookend, I think, I mean, yeah. Frank Grillo crossbones is, yeah, he, he already spoiled that. And we've heard what the, the ancient one might be there. I'm sure Peggy Carter will be there, and yeah, who who knows who else? I kind of would like to see Quicksilver in some capacity. Um, <laughs> nah, he's dead. Yeah, it's maybe in like the Wanda Vision TV show, but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, but yeah, man, it's crazy when everyone that's listening to this by the time this this podcast comes out, we're probably a week, if not under a week, until Endgame comes out. Yeah, we'll be seven, I mean, uh, five days, I believe, when this podcast will drop. Yeah, so, man, that's crazy to think about. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm almost a little bit nervous for it to be over, because then it's going to be like, now what? Like, yeah. Now, now what do we do? I know what you mean. Not even just for, like, the podcast, but just, like, in general. We're like, okay, well, we got Spider-Man. But there's no, like, 
big Avengers down the line. I'm sure we'll talk about what the next, you know, Avengers type thing will be. There'll still be plenty to speculate on. We'll still be here talking about a hella Marvel stuff, so. But damn, man. It's exciting. It's very exciting. And it's almost come to an end. Can you believe that? Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy to think about. I mean, think about how long ago it was when Iron Man came out back in 2008 and it's been what like oh, 10 years more than that it's it's crazy i mean thinking about starting a whole new section of that that maybe you know doesn't have all of these avengers like maybe an mcu that isn't you know doesn't have cap in it or you know, iron very man. little iron man yeah or, it's weird to think about and we're gonna be one of those those old people you know talking about like Back in our day, like how people talk about like Star Wars and stuff from like back in the day or something, we're gonna be hooked on MCU, the Infinity Saga or whatever we call it. But yeah, man, is worth it. We have been blessed with such an awesome MCU outing. Cause you remember how tough it was to get a good Marvel movie good and how long it movie. took. Yeah, in general. I mean, Ghost Rider was dropping the ball. Daredevil was dropping the ball. I mean, you could go on forever on all of these. I and... actually like the first Fantastic Four with Chris yeah, Evans as a human torch. I was okay with that one. Me too. I mean, but it's like a it's like a decent movie. And that was kind of what we were clamoring for. It was like, just give us a movie that's okay. Like a good yeah. movie. Because so many actors wouldn't even touch them. You know, how many turned it down because they thought like superhero movies would kill their career or something. So, yeah, such a huge turnaround. So I am so thankful that we have, I feel like it's Thanksgiving, like <laughs> the way I'm talking or something, or like somebody's about, like, died. <laughs> like, it's it's so crazy how sentimental I am towards the MCU right now. And I can't wait for that to just all boil up in the Avengers. I'm, I'm so excited for that movie. And like Tyler said, make sure you get your tickets. Yes, you have to get your tickets. That shit's flying. It's probably sold out for the first weekend, but maybe you'll get lucky if you haven't got tickets already, or maybe you know a guy. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> you know a guy. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you know a guy uh, that can pull strings. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, do you have anything else you want to say, Tyler? Uh, no. Go follow our Facebook page, uh, Weekly Bugle, on Facebook, where we uh we post some interesting stuff all the time. So go check it out. Yeah, Tyler's been posting up some uh, some really cool ideas just that kind of make you think about just the mcu in general things we like to talk about here so yeah definitely some some fun stuff or even you don't have to post you can just follow and and read it what we and just read it that's kind of what i do sometimes i don't even comment on things tyler posts even though they're pretty awesome i just like like it and read it and i'm like hmm that's cool so yeah you could be like me all right uh it's not necessarily good (laughs) no it's fine uh anything else Hess? no i think that's it Peace out.